Welcome to the Macmillan Report. I'm Marilyn Wilkes, your host, and today our guest is Professor Thomas Pogge. The Leitner Professor of Philosophy and International Affairs at Yale, Professor Pogge is a political philosopher who has published widely on Kant and in moral and political philosophy, including books on John Rawls and global justice. In fact, his book, World Poverty and Human Rights, is widely regarded as one of the most important works on global justice. Professor Pogge is with us today to talk about a nonprofit organization he leads called Incentives for Global Health and its new flagship proposal, the Health Impact Fund. Welcome, Professor Pogge. Thank you very much. Let's begin by talking about Incentives for Global Health. What is it and what was the catalyst behind it? It's basically a nonprofit organization that consists of a bunch of very interdisciplinary bunch of international experts who have one connection or another with global public health. And the purpose is really to try to find ways of improving global public health in order to help especially people who are, because of poverty, unable to get the medicines they need or are at increased risk of falling prey to various kinds of diseases. And uh, one of the initiatives to come out of the IGH is the Health Impact Fund. Tell me about it. Well, the Health Impact Fund is our flagship proposal, basically. It's an idea about how one can overcome this perennial dilemma that people have been struggling with for so many years, which you might call the access versus innovation dilemma. The dilemma is that with new medicines, in order to incentivize pharmaceutical companies to develop them in the first place, you have to give them some reward. And the way it's now organized, the reward is patent protection so that these companies have a limited time in which they can market their medicines exclusively. Nobody else gets to sell that medicine. And so these companies have essentially a temporary monopoly where they can market at any price they wish. And through this very high markup between the cost and the price of the medicine, they can then recuperate, recover the costs that went into development of the medicine, the research and the development. Now the problem with that is obvious, or at least one problem with it is very obvious. That is that during the time that the new medicine is under patent, poor people can't get it. And poor people in this case includes about 80% of the world's population because these new medicines tend to be quite expensive. And so think of second line AIDS therapies, for example, that can cost anywhere from $800 to $5,000, even in developing countries. And poor people die because they can't get access to these medicines. Okay, so um, why does the world need the Health Impact Fund? I mean, um, why should we care? Well, the Health Impact Fund is a very intelligent way of solving that problem. Mm -hmm. And essentially, the idea is this. If you think about poor people <coughs> who now do not have access to these medicines, uh, it doesn't really cost anything to allow these people to participate. If we give these people access to medicines at cost, nobody would lose anything. The problem is that if we really did that, we would undermine the temporary monopoly of the developers, of the innovators in the rich countries, because many of these drugs would find their way back into the rich countries. And so firms in the end could not recover their research and development expenses and would then not engage in the development of new medicines. So the solution that we are proposing is to make these medicines available for cheap to everyone, rich and poor alike, and to fund the research and development of new medicines differently, namely through the tax system. And the way we picture that, and here's where the Health Impact Fund comes in, 
is as a voluntary option for innovators. Innovators get the option to register any new medicine with the Health Impact Fund, and that involves two things. On the one hand, they promise to make the medicine available at cost anywhere, wherever it may be needed. On the other hand, they get a reward that is determined by the health impact, global health impact of the medicine. So especially for high impact medicines like these second line AIDS therapies, but also for drugs like malaria drugs and so on, companies would choose the health impact fund because they would actually make more money for developing a new medicine than they would on the traditional patent track. And you would have the problem solved because you would get innovation. Companies would want to make new medicines for the health impact fund track. And you would also solve the access problem because these medicines would be immediately available at cost, and that is to say cheaper, even than they would be under generic production. So how will the um, health impact fund be managed? You'd basically have an international agency, like we are familiar with various other international mm -hmm. agencies like the World Bank, the World Health Organization, maybe something along the lines of the Global Fund would also be possible. And that agency would essentially have three different sub-organizations within it. One would determine the rules according to which the fund operates and divides in particular the reward money. The reward money is an annual pool of rewards and companies would get paid out of that reward pool for 10 consecutive years, the first 10 years that their medicine is on the market. So uh, that is the first, the setting the rules, deciding how we measure health impact and how we set up the fund and so on. The second branch would be a kind of assessment branch which would apply these rules to the various medicines that innovators choose to register with the health impact fund. And uh, that would be people who would go out in the developing countries and also the developed countries, of course, and look at empirically what sort of an impact that medicine has. Very important thought here is that up to now, pharmaceutical innovators have been paid for selling their drug. On the health impact fund track, they would be rewarded for the drugs actually having an impact beyond the point of sale. It's not enough to sell. You have to make sure that the drug actually reaches people who can benefit from it and has the desired impact on those people. And that's what triggers the reward. Okay, and how will it actually be measured? How will the impact be measured? Well, there are two parts to that question. The first is what is the metric? Mm -hmm. uh, what is the yardstick by which we measure impact? And here we will go for a version of what's called the quali, the quality adjusted life year. So essentially you look at how many extra years of life human beings gain by having the medicine available to them. And you also look at the quality improvement of the years that people live. So sometimes a drug does not extend life, but just improves its quality. And that gets measured. So for example, the quality of your life might go from 80% to 100%. And if so, then five years of improved quality is worth one extra year of fully healthy life. So qualis are a way of integrating a measure of the quality of life with a measure for the length of life and then measuring on that basis. Now the other aspect is how do we apply that yardstick? And that's of course very difficult as you can imagine because especially in developing country settings, uh, it's very difficult to keep track of what exactly people suffer from and what they die from and so on. And essentially we have to rely here on three types of data. 
The first set of data comes out of clinical trials where we just know in theory from these clinical trials that this medicine can do a lot of good for patients if they take it correctly, if they really have the disease and so on. Uh, the second is that we will trace particular medicines down the pipeline and see where they actually end up. So we'll require registering firms to label their packages with a number that allows us randomly to select a certain number of batches or packages, trace them down the pipeline and see what actually happened to them. Who took the medicine? Did they get better? How much better did they get? And so on. And to do a statistical analysis of that. And then the third way of doing it is we take advantage of an enterprise that is now in full swing. It started at Harvard. It's now moved mostly to uh, Seattle, where uh, the Gates Foundation is located. And that is the global burden of disease. Uh, they have a big study trying to figure out exactly where, what does the greatest damage to global health. And so they have already a very sophisticated analysis, also in qualis, of the burden of disease, which diseases cause the greatest burden, where do they cause that burden, and so on. And we can use these data to correlate with our sales data and figure out to what extent is, for example, when more drugs of a particular type went to Uganda than to Kenya, we would expect a more favorable development of the target disease in Uganda than in Kenya. And so by correlating data about sales and data about the evolution of the global disease burden, we can make statistical est estimates of how much the medicine had to do with the way the disease burden develops. So these are the three sources, mm -hmm. empirical sources right. of data. Okay. And what is the status of the Health Impact Fund today? Well, we don't have it up and running yet. We okay. have, uh, I, I'm working with a team, as I said, which mm -hmm. is about a dozen people, a few more perhaps, and one key uh, team member is Aidan Hollis, uh, who is an economist at the University of Calgary, whom I've been working with very intensively. The two of us together were lead authors on a book that we've just done, uh, which was finished in the middle of August, so it's a very recent development, 150-page book, which you can download from the www.healthimpactfund.org website. And uh, in that book, we have essentially laid out the basics of the Health Impact Fund, how it would work, and so forth. Now, that work is not complete. We still need further experts to weigh in and help us with various questions that we are not very comfortable answering ourselves. For example, <coughs> health impact assessment at the population level. Often, when some people get healthier, in the case of a communicable disease, that brings advantages to other people. Mm -hmm. So we need epidemiologists to help us figure out what that population level impact is and so on. So it's a work in progress. We are still trying to develop it. But the greatest hurdle, of course, is the political hurdle. We have to get governments interested and excited in that project. And as you can imagine in politics, uh, everybody knows there's a problem. Uh, lots and lots of people are suffering and dying from relatively trivial diseases. But it's also true that many, many people have some answer or another to this problem. And so we have to try to get governments to focus on this answer because it's the most sophisticated, it's actually the best answer to this problem or so we think. And we have to find political support for it. And so we have in the moment a series of high level meetings in different countries uh, trying to get the Europeans and the Americans interested in it. One meeting was uh, just in Oslo in August. We'll have a very major event uh, planned at Georgetown University on the 1st of December 
where we try to get a number of principles from the Congress involved, some high-level politicians, but also people from the health agencies, such as the NIH and so on, and discuss it at a very high level. Also very important are the pharmaceutical companies and, of course, NGOs, patients groups. So you can imagine there are various stakeholders. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that makes the Health Impact Fund proposal particularly promising is that it's really a win-win-win-win proposal. It's no group really loses in any major way. And that's possible for the reason that I gave earlier, that it costs nothing to include poor people in new medicines that we are developing anyway. Okay. So as you pointed out, the HIF is clearly a work in progress. Ultimately, how will you measure its success? It's actually quite simple because the Health Impact Fund itself is an assessment mechanism. It includes a very important assessment component. So if the Health Impact Fund gets up, it will assess the impact of the various drugs that are registered with it. And then you can use these assessments to assess the health impact fund itself. You can say the aggregate health impact of all the registered drugs was such and so, and you can figure out what the reward rate is each year, namely how many dollars uh, were paid for each quali that collectively the registered medicines achieved. Okay. Well, thank you very much for Pleasure. sharing some of your innovative work with us today. For more information about Professor Pogi, including his um, newest book on the IHF, please visit our website at yale.edu backslash Macmillan Report. Be sure to join us again for another episode of the Macmillan Report, made possible through funding from the Whitney and Betty Macmillan Center for International and Area Studies at Yale.